Welcome to the IDP Guy Show. Tonight's guest is Nate Markham. We're going to go over IDP rankings together. How you doing, Nate? Doing great, man. Doing wonderful. I'm really excited to have you on tonight. And for those that don't know who Nate is, he comes highly regarded, highly respected. Uh, he is one of the top guys in the community, and I'm really excited to have him. Not only is Nate an analyst over at Fancy Frames, he's also a top five, top ten ranker any given week. Uh, when he says something, his word is his bond. He's very credible. Um, just so happy to have you. He's also on Shoot the Gap, uh, the Gap and he's also on uh, the Reliever Recon. That's on Patreon. Um, what else are you going? Uh, what else are you into these days, Nate? You know, I uh, contribute occasionally to fantasy and fantasy pros, some of their articles when I dabble on the offensive side of the ball, that is. And then anytime you pretty much follow any of the work over at Fantasy and Frames, we have uh, Wednesday nights like tonight is the uh, oh, man that run the gamut. It's about five hours straight of fantasy talk. And, and you never know, I might might sneak into one of those shows occasionally as well. I'm, I kind of, you know. I like to crash parties if I can. <laughs> Just crash it when you can, right? Hey, as long as there's drinks and food, I'm I'm there. So, uh, let me just show you what we do on the show, and I, and I can't wait to cut into these rankings with you. Um, what we do is we go over to Fantasy Pros uh, standard scoring, which is 1.5 per tackle, solo tackle rather, 0.75 assisted tackles, uh, two points tackle for loss, four points sack, five interceptions, two forced fumbles, and so forth and so forth. Um, do you see anything in there that sticks out to you, Nate? No, not not necessarily. I mean, Fantasy Pros is pretty, um, I'll say vanilla, but, you know, that encompasses the vast majority because it's easy for people new. It doesn't have too heavily weighted scoring one way or the other. Um, pretty balanced, if you ask me. And then at the same time, for any experts or uh, far from experts, but anybody that's been playing for for a while, if they want to use fantasy pro scoring, it won't differ too much from their uh, respective leagues. I get it. There are some leagues that reward, you know, two and one for solo to assist and may give uh, weighted defensive tackle scoring for sacks, et cetera. But for the most part, pretty straightforward. I uh, right. I've I've used their, I would say, scoring in a lot of my analysis just because it's consistent. And that's the one thing, man, over the years, if there's you ever want to get Twitter ablaze, bring up, uh, you know, consistent IDP scoring. And that is the uh, the never ending match that will continue to set the, uh, like I said, set it on fire. We, uh, I like to ask every guest that, you know, just to pick your brain, see, you know, the secret of the sauce, so to speak. And uh, a couple weeks ago, um, we were talking on here. And uh, if you look at the sacks, sacks are four, uh, solo tackles 1.5. We were kind of doing the math and uh, we looked at the highest sack season was TJ Watt with 22. Yes. So we do the math in this format, 22 times four, that's 88 points. And then when we divided, we just wanted to see what a standard tackler would get. So we went 88 divided by 1.5. That's 58. So so basically, I guess the glitch, what we what we have discovered on, on the show is, you know, 58 tackle season, uh, Joe Schmo, two, two down player, uh, 58 tackles is e equatable to a 22 sack season, which is kind of crazy. So a lot of things that we do on here, 
we kind of gear it towards tackle heavy, tackle savvy, you know, a yeah. um, l- l- little crazy, but yeah, that's, that's the truth. Um, another thing I do on the show is I go over the actual rankings, the standings um, week to week. And for week 11, can you see my screen, Nate? Oh yeah. Okay. For week 11, I actually finished number two. I was very uh, impressed by that. But you know who else is very impressive, good sir? I got a friend of mine in here. He's ranked eight. He's right. He's right behind us. Um, so let me just show. Let me just show the rest of the season. I'm sorry, season to date. So right now, season to date, I'm holding true. I'm actually the number two ranker. But look who's there right with me. Look who is right in the standings. I've seen him. Hold on a second. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> You know where I'm going. I do. Mr. Nate Markham, number eight ranker on the season. And that is hard in itself. So let me just congratulate you. You don't know how hard it is to get up in the morning and figure these out. Uh, I'm going to be real with you, Nate. I was panicking before the show. Um, there's like four Thursday night football games going on, and there's a Friday game. I don't even know where my rankings are. It's like a pizza I threw in the air. I don't know what's going on. Uh, how do you keep it all together? I you know, I, <laughs> I segment it a lot during the week. So like uh-huh. there is a um like Monday is my so over at Fantasy and Frames I've got uh-huh. we have 3 IDP articles per week that we pretty much put out. Our waiver wire article on Tuesday. We have my IDP roundup that I put together um that we typically release on Thursday and then the waiver wire article on Friday. And the IDP roundup is a collection of every game and if you see it, if you want to go over to fantasyandframes.com, you can follow that work. I didn't have one this past week because I was in Mexico and I didn't have the time mm. to, uh, to to do all that business. But it is every game. It's little, you know, sometimes underappreciated areas of uh, maybe snap share or variations or situations that have never happened. Just Just something. And so that's usually like how my Monday starts watching over some of the games, looking back at this, not just the box score, but actually watching a lot of the games. Not all of them, I will admit. Can't say I watch every single one, every replay. So I'm lying if I said I did. But it gives me a good rundown. Then usually by Monday, I have a pretty good breakdown of how the games unfolded, a true football approach. And then it starts to get into scope a little bit more on Tuesday for everything. And before you know it, then it's matchups, uh, defensive line and, offensive tackle matchups and then linebacker versus game plan matchups and then defensive back uh, corner versus, you know, receiver slash box safety and uh, run versus play metrics. So I try to look at each one of them. Sometimes it gets overwhelming. But you live here now during the season. You live here is what you're saying. You know, and the good news is this, (laughs) is the the more you uh, wipe the floor or the more you sweep – the better you are at knowing how to get into the nooks and crannies easier. And, and that's what I found is the more I do this, the easier my, my regiment becomes because it becomes, you know, you're a military person that mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I'm a creature of habit myself. And so get, making, you know, the, the four point corners and everything becomes easier the more you do it. And before you know it, right. you don't even know you're doing it and it's just done. And so that's kind of the way this process works, but <coughs> I have no clue for tomorrow. I'm so behind myself. So I, <laughs> I just want to let you know, uh, misery loves company, my friend, and you and I are both probably going to be up late trying to fine tune this before the food nope, starts nope. tomorrow. 
No question. And on top of that, you know, uh, uh, I guess we can start with the linebackers for week 12. Um, yeah. On that note, Nate, too, we all we actually lost Kaiser White this week and Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the bad news. But the good news is there's opportunity for new players to emerge. Uh, it's exciting times. If you look, if you can see my list, I got a couple guys on the bubble down there that I'm excited to kind of talk about, too. Um, first, I want to kind of go over my criteria. This is the stuff I look for. And, and let me know if you have anything similar, or maybe something different. But for my money on my list, you know, I, I think I have like four or five criteria I use. The mm-hmm. first one for my money, I'm looking for solo tackle guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. Assisted tackle guys are good too, but there's a difference from a guy that's just a, you know, I'm up, I see me, he's down, a hit down player to a guy that's a, a team tackler because of the scoring. If I'm getting 1.5 per, per solo and I'm only getting 0.75, um, I'm beating two to one each week. So say you have a guy and he gets five solo tackles. That's 7.5 points you got versus me. I got five assists. So the guy, both our guys did the same amount of work. I only got 3.75 points on the week and you got 7.5 and that's huge. That's huge. So it's a math trick. I'd say my second criteria is of course snaps. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone always says, Oh, he's a snap guy. He's snap count. You know, look at the snap count hundred percent, hundred percent. But here's the trick. And we did this a couple weeks ago on the show. I wanted to share it with you. Here's the trick. Not just the snaps. If you say 100% snaps, whoop-de-damn-doo, okay? Show me the volume. And this is a poor version. For those that are on Spotify that can't see my screen, what I did is I did a little snippet to show Nate. Mm -hmm. I took the Jets linebacker core of C.J. Mosley and um, C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams, okay? I took took that core, and uh, what I did was – um, I compared it to the Bills. So this is the first three weeks of the season. We had Matt Milano and we had Terrell Bernard. Both of those linebacker cores, both of those linebacker cores were rocking, you know, pretty much close to 100% games, okay? But what's the difference? Well, let's look at the volume. Mosley mm-hmm. had 69, 87, 72 first three games of the season. It's a lot of snaps. Quincy did too, 69, 84, 69. On the other side, we had Milano, 54, 34, 47. And Bernard, 54, 34, 47. They're both 100% close enough-ish, give or take. But why Why so many over here? Why not so much over here? I'll tell you why. The Bills' offense was humming. It was attriculating going downfield. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for the Bills. However, the Jets were sucking. They were punting. They had Zach Wilson, right? Punting, punting, punting. So you had one team getting a whole, whole lot of plays, and you had the Bills over there getting a whole lot of uh, in and off the field, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. We actually did the math on this, if you're interested. We did the math. The Jets, that little scenario I gave you, the first three games of the season, those two guys had 450 snaps on the field. Jeez. The Bills Bills only had 270. Mm -hmm. You you see where I'm going with this? 450 to two. Yeah. What are you going to say? No, I say the math math states that if you do this by comparison, nobody – if I gave you that, I said, Steve, all right, I want you to choose one of these two players. I want you to mm-hmm. choose an 80% snap share CJ Mosley versus a 100% snap share Matt Milano. And you would take the 100% Matt Milano probably seven out of 10 times because exactly. you would think 100 would equate to a, a, it, now there's different ways of thinking too. Because if I see 80% snap share, I think, all right, 
well, is there reason to be concerned? Will they lose more snap shares? But yes. in this situation, it's just a volume-based attack. Very similar to offense. If you look at the offensive side of the football and people want to look exclusively at target percentage, well, a 25% target share on a team that throws the ball 18 times versus a 15% target share on a team that throws the ball 60 times, it's it, you're not looking deep enough into the numbers. So I like what you did there uh, in talking about total snap and volume separately because they two are they, you know they are two different monsters that tell two different stories sometimes. I couldn't believe it when I seen that because again, and I even had to double check my math because I'm like, you know, I, I'm not in this common core math. You know, this is old school. Uh, Let me add it up. Four fifty to two seventy. Jeez, you know, like that's a hundred. That's a hundred plus snaps more a game a week. That that's a full game's worth of snaps, and that's just week three. But I use that one constantly to just compare, you know, relatable things. Um, that's criteria I like to use. I like to look at, yeah, snaps are good, but let's talk about overall volume too. So I use that a lot when I'm determining. Um, I got a couple advanced metrics as two I use. I'm going to hold that thought a minute and I'm going to kick off these rankings. Um, I don't want to lose anybody in the audience. The first two players I have, and I don't think too many people would disagree. They're all same kind of tier. It's uh, Fose, uh, how do you say his name? Fose Aluakan. I'm terrible with these names. Uh, I'm glad I have you. Yeah, I think I got that. I'm decent with names. I'll give you. um, All right. I got (laughs) you back. He's LB1 in in, in tackle savvy leagues. LB1 in one, two, three scoring. Um, One other thing I like to do, Nate, is I like to pull the stats, but I like to do it based on the position because it gives a little more flavor. It gives a little more value. You know, Mm -hmm. if I said a guy has uh, 30 tackles in a season, you're going to be like, whoop-de-doo. But if I say 30 tackles in a season, he's a cornerback, he might have value, you know? So. So for 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 Mr. Foyze here, he's he's got 80 solo tackles on the year. That's what I want. That's that's ranked third. He's got 24 assists. That's tied for 14th. So he's a team player too. He's yeah. got interceptions. He's got one tied eighth. Uh, he's got forced fumbles. He's got one of those at ninth. Um, what I like about him is he's not going anywhere, and he's done this multiple times. He's been a a, a tackle champion. On, on not one but two different rosters, uh, the Falcons and the Jaguars. So if he's not one every week, he's definitely two. Yeah, and and matchup also this week exclusively mm-hmm. is is fantastic because you take a Houston Texans offense that is allowing the fifth most points to opposing linebackers, and you take an already you know stud in this situation per at the position, and then you add in another core element which is. Uh, assistance towards a total volume of uh, points and, and you combine the two and you have an equation that foyer shouldn't be out you know he he should be number one across the board if someone wants to put you know your number two zyre franklin ahead of him i get it but at the same time why get too cute you know i was looking at the same stat myself when i looked at the the linebacker the best teams to give up the linebacker you know, you have number one, Jacksonville, number two, the Browns, number three, the Ravens, number four, the Texans, number five, the Saints, six, the Colts. And I was going down the line. I'm like, I don't think I could really exploit this this week. But you but you hit it on the head. You got the Texans right there. If we go a little farther down, number 10, you got you got uh, TJ Edwards playing the Vikings and 11th the Eagles playing Bernard. But other than that, the matchups this week aren't really that aren't really that impressive as far as to the linebacker. So I'm glad you 
I'm glad you covered that in, in, in our in our little analysis there. Um, uh, I'm going to move on to uh, Franklin, similar type of player. Uh, he may not be the best athlete of the top three or four, but he's getting it. He's LB6, one, two, three, scoring tackle savvy. Solo tackles, 92. 92, and the guy mm -hmm. missed a couple games. That's ranked first. Sist, 16, tied for 40th. Uh, doesn't get you much in interceptions or forced fumbles, but he's there. Uh, those guys there every given week, um, they're going to be in somebody's top tier. Uh, what says you, Nate? Is that how you usually do it too? Yeah, I do. Uh, that's That pretty much goes into it. And and now without, and I don't think there was any impact necessarily on him. The, the loss of Shaq Leonard is really going to impact EJ Speed more than Zaire Franklin. Franklin was a stud with or without Shaq on the field. But I, I think that it's going to create, especially in like, early down work where you had Shaq Leonard on the field. And even if he wasn't, I mean, he was cuttable, obviously, for the Colts. They didn't think he was worth investing for the rest of the season. But it's one less mouth that you have to be concerned. And, and again, any given week, Leonard was efficient when on the field. He, he wasn't on the field as much as people would like. So I think that just increases his, uh, Zaire Franklin's overall tackle floor. Uh, Tampa's media, you know, middle of the pack, but they've they've shown, a, you know, potential, especially with Rashad White out of the uh, backfield. That's open field tackling that Zaire Franklin mm -hmm. does well as well. So maybe, like you said, not the best athlete, and I watched him through um, his college days as well and, and testified to that. But he's in the right place at the right time. Him at number two, I don't have a problem. I'm I'm have moved him from two to three to four. And I, I think too. I'm he's he's setting that top four for me. I'm I'm not moving too much. And it looks like our top four is gonna be the exact same depending upon which order you want to put. And I don't see a huge separation between the two. Yeah, and four. you know what too? Um with with the top four, you can really have it any way you want. And and another key point on Franklin, they just cut Shaq Leonard. I was shocked mm. by that. Uh right. didn't even try to get any value out of him. Um so I thought that was yeah that was unusual. Um, the next guy I have is TJ Edwards, LB three in your tackle savvy one two three scorings, uh, solo tackles eighty six at second, uh, assists twenty six tied for eleventh, uh, interceptions he's got one tied for eighth, forced fumbles one tied for ninth. There's really he's one of on film because it actually matches and it's so cool with on the Eagles are here, how it translates to both teams. He hasn't missed a beat. Um, he's three here. Um, and I still, I still feel like he's underlooked, even though he's three, he's still underlooked a lot of times. I don't, I don't get it. The casual fans tend to miss him a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Moving on to the, the four, the same thing with Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith's kind of having like a slower season. We're usually used to him being a top two, top three, and more on that in a little bit. But this year he's got 79 tackles. Solos, that's fourth. Yeah. Uh, 42 is, uh, assists, that's first. So what does that tell you right there? I know what that tells me. He's first in assist. He's a team player. He's the linchpin. He's the grenade. He's the hand grenade of that whole team. We know the Ravens have been better this whole year. Everybody around them looks better because Smith's putting them in place. Smith is Smith is giving away individual selfish selfish stuff so everyone else can, can can prosper around him so he's a team player um he's a guy that you know any roster would be pretty happy to have and again he's fourth on my list and i'm not knocking the guy it's just i have so many other guys in front of him 
Yeah, and the only thing that Bob, that concerns me whatsoever with Roquan is that the, the Chargers are historically bad to opposing linebackers on the on the season. You know, they they typically don't support um, one or two when it comes to. I mean, they're dead last in the NFL in terms of uh, points scored against from the linebackers. So you have to kind of make choose your you know which side of the bed you're going to sleep on. Is that going to be impacting both Roquan and you know what holy crap patrick queen or is it going right. to be simply one's going to step up and and that's where mm-hmm. i'm i will admit i'm with my rankings i have roquan another time where i've moved him around a little bit don't be shocked if the rankings and we have till sunday night for him the sunday night game not to change our rankings but to kind of adjust throughout so that's the only little wrinkle I'll throw on the Roquan matchup, but he's just too good to not, I mean, talking about Mm -hmm. a a near 20% tackle efficiency. It's again, I keep saying, don't get too cute. And and you just can't get too cute with, with Roquan. So before uh, I want to take a quick detour with you real quick, um, I'm time I answer my mailbag and I got this one from Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm paraphrasing here, Steven, but, but I wanted to bring this up because he was asking, he was asking, you know, Devin Lloyd over Quincy Williams. Now, the thing is, that's a no-brainer to me. Quincy Williams is a top 10 player usually every week. Devin Lloyd's a top 30. I don't care how you rank him. But there's a couple people in the chat that were, that were conversating back, and they're saying it's a flip of a coin. Um, the last and final metric I'm going to take us to, I, I kind of look into what these players do. And a lot of times what I do, Nate, is I'll look at the last three games, how they play. So mm-hmm. even though I thought that was like a no-brainer, Steve actually has a point here. If you look at the last three games, okay, Devin Lloyd's 100, 198 snaps. He's got 9, 10, 11. He's got – and then Quincy. Quincy's kind of on down, a little bit of a slope, 71, 98, 98, three tackles, 7, 10. So he does have, he does have a valid point. However, I'm still ranking the same way. But that got me thinking because I like smart comments. I like smart thoughts. That got me thinking. Why do we rank these guys the way we do? You know, why? Where does it come from? Is it some magic in the sky? Is it the tooth fairy? Is he handed down to us? So that got me thinking, Stephen. Thank you for leaving me that comment because you know we all we all want to be we all want to be we all want to be better in this space. So let me tell you what I did. Can you see my screen, Nate? Mm-hmm, I can. Okay, let me see. What do I have up right there? I just want to make sure. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I want to pull. I'm gonna go over to PFF. I know, I know you love PFF as I do, right? I do. Yep. I went to PFF. Now, what got me intrigued with PFF? PFF. Uh, we'll talk about quarterbacks real fast. Okay, quarterback. If a quarterback throws a pass and he throws a 40-yard pass and it hits the receiver on the uh, and dime and he ends up dropping the ball, no other stat really records that. Well, PFF does. PFF records the work. It records the metrics because we want to know what these players and. That's when I think that it's kind of cool, you know? So so you'll see a lot of stats that are potential stats. And a lot of my friends like to give me a hard time, Nate. They'll be like, oh, uh, well, those are fake stats. Okay. Well, if you're only looking at the stat, you're missing the true stat. You're only missing the team. The team did that. The team caught that and passed it. You're missing a lot of the game around you. There's stuff that's going on. That quarterback did all the work. He threw it down the field. So one thing I love about PFF is the IDP side of it. It gives you true 
hardcore potential um, stats. So um, it's not the most accurate, but it's it's the closest thing we got. Um, so what I did was I was thinking about Steven and I was just, you know, I was just playing around with this and I was looking at some of these stats on here and I don't know how familiar the audience is with this, but this is another kind of metrics that I use when I'm looking at stuff and I'm thinking about stuff. Okay. So um, one thing that it measures is the work, right? So mm -hmm. when we're thinking about linebackers, see this little run defense metrics here. And what's kind of cool is, I could go, you know me, I like I like the 100% or more, right? Linebacker, right? Okay, let me, I can customize it however I want. When I pull this up for Mr. Steven, okay, and I'm looking at all these numbers and I'm looking at the, the minimum snaps. Let's, let's go 80 here, okay? Mm -hmm. My guy Quincy comes right up, doesn't he? He's number two. I don't see I don't see Devin Lloyd on this list. I'd have to go deeper. You know what? Matters of fact, let's take him to 20 here. Okay. Quincy's on my list at a top top player, right? Mm -hmm. And when I go to Quincy, when I go to Lloyd, excuse me, he doesn't even make the cut. Maybe a little lower, right? Four, he's 14th. Oh, he's 14th. Excuse me. Yep. Okay. I didn't even see it, but thank you. But but basically, what what PFF does for that little stat for those for those for those on Spotify that can't see my screen, I'm just pulling basic PFF stuff. But what it does is it looks at the run percentages of the amount of defensive stops that a player makes. Okay, um, so let's say let's say a player gets high snap counts and he also makes a lot of tackles. They add all that up and they grade it. So basically, PFF does all the work for me. Because that's what I want out of a linebacker, right? I want to know what that player does. So, you know, compare this to the amount of runs that, he, that tackles he makes and compare this to the amount of stops he makes, okay? Um, it's a tackle opportunity. So when you see this and I compare the two, it's Quincy, okay? But mm -hmm. I didn't want to cheapen the question because there's a little more merit because this is how I do the rest of my rankings. Let's go over to tackles, Nate, Okay. Mm -hmm. Quincy's still top six, and that's a true stat right there. Quincy's the top six tackler. Where's Lloyd at? Lloyd, I don't even think he even makes this one, right? Uh, he's Probably. 42. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, you know, run defense, tackles. I like stops as well. Stops mm -hmm. is a smart category. Um, and I don't know. Do you know how they measure stops? I thought this was interesting. I mean, if there's – I don't know if there's an actual like, you know, formula, formula. to it. Yeah. As yeah, there is. So what they do is let's say the first down is coming up. And if you can stop the player from making the first down, it's 40% or less. That's how you get the point for the stop. And if it's gotcha. like third and longer, you have mm -hmm. to make it 50% less, 50% less than the line of scrimmage. And then on fourth down, they're just grading the touchdown. That's how they get a stop. I found okay. that interesting. Yeah, I found very. that interesting because when I think of a stop, I'm thinking of Ray Lewis hitting the guy fourth and one. No, that's sure. not what it is. It's not what it is. You can be third and 20, and, and you know, if you if you you know convert a four-yard play, you're getting a stop percentage. But when you look at stops, my boy's been top one or two each one. Look at Quincy again. Mm -hmm. Lloyd's nowhere to be found. And then the last category I like to use, I don't know if you guys ever use this average depth of tackle. Yeah, all the time. Okay, yeah, because I didn't know how smart the audience was with that. But, you know, average depth of tackle, that just means you're reading the play well. So if you look at my screen, bad tackling, good tackling. Bad mm -hmm. tackling, 
good tackling, you know? So average depth of tackle, that's a big one to me. It's a big difference for making a great play in the backfield. And then, you know, there's a difference between players that make great plays in the backfield or, or, or getting drugged 10 yards down the field, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. that's, that's why the two players are not comparable, you know, regardless of the stats you see on the screen. We're like – I say this one a lot, Nate. We're like fishermen. You know, we're trying to gauge right. the perfect weather, perfect time. But, you know, lightning storms do happen. <laughs> so – Well, yeah, and, you know, that average depth of tackle too, the one thing you'll see that shows there's a good correlation is a lot of those guys in that top 12, top 15 also excel at tackles for loss because that, you know, your average depth of tackle obviously is decreased by there. But you look at like – well, the leader on that list was JOK. Mm -hmm. who even despite only about a 70% snap share has been among the league, le league leaders in tackle for loss last week, you know, here, I thought I was all happy because I had him ranked the highest of, uh, I think anybody And it was, it, but it was a ballsy play at the same time yeah. here. I am ranking him within the top 20, top 24. And I know full well that that's not a wise move, but last week against Baltimore and in the situation that, made sense was it last week or two weeks ago my my weeks are running together for me with the whole vacation and all but regardless yeah, right. the the math made sense everything made sense and so it's like you look at those and and they do it all leads to the final puzzle piece and now you're you know you're doing the metrics on pff that you're doing and that builds mm -hmm. the outside of your puzzle and then it's the small little things where you look at a person the matchup you look at quincy williams and you think all right they're going against the dolphins dolphins terrible as far as opposing linebackers scoring heavy so then it's that cj mosley versus quincy williams but houston being so good for opposing linebackers you think they're going to be good but does that mean it's going to feed a Luicon and devin lloyd's going to get the scraps you have to break it down even further and further and so it's mm -hmm. it's interesting how that's a, it's a good dilemma to have as quincy or devin lloyd i guess exactly know? could be in could be in worse situations dealer's choice and uh you know what's funny my next guy on my list Terrell Bernard, mm -hmm. this guy, you would never know based on the stats. I'm going to tell you that he didn't have a job come preseason, come week one, week two. You know what I mean? It was such a yeah. trivia question in a bar one day. Who has 65 solo tackles on the season, which ranks 12th? Who has 32 assists, which ranks fourth? Who has two interceptions tied for fourth? And you know what else? This guy's LB2 in big three scoring, and he's LB four in one, two, three in tackle savvy. What more do you need? Terrell Bernard. Uh, he doesn't hit any of the metrics, but you know, sometimes those stats will carry over. Yeah, he's been he's been so good. And it feels like he is constantly on my uh IDP roundup list uh whenever I'd cover Buffalo because he always has those incredible statistics like you're talking about. And uh and it sucks because it was just the concussion a couple weeks back that kind of had me a little concerned, but he bounced right back from that as well. He's a feel-good story for me. And another feel-good story for me is Fred Warner. Fred Warner's up next. And and how exciting is, is that to me? He finally put a season together. Yeah. Uh, last week he had 12 tackles, a half a sack, one forced fumble. He's got three INTs on the season. Three INTs in season, three forced fumbles, 2.5 in the season. Overall, great year. I don't know if the audience at home or anybody knows, but the running joke always used to be on Fred Warner was that he's the most refreshed linebacker down the stretch in your fantasy playoffs. 
because he's around such a great team. Everyone else benefits. He's usually a name. Well, this mm-hmm. year he finally put it together. He's actually out playing Greenlaw, who usually vampires him for tackles. Yep. You know, at 27 years of age, I think he's finally hitting his stride and he's getting in there with uh, PFF grades 89.3, run defense 90.9. That's impressive. Pass rush 73.8. Uh, solo tackle 61 a year, tied for 15th. Assist 24, tied for 14th. He doesn't do much else. That's, that's all you need there. That's all you need to get home. So Fred Warner at six. I got Bobby Wagner at. Oh, what's that? Said I was way wrong on Fred Warner. I went in this year. He was one of my uh, kind of avoids because, well, last year proved a lot. Like if you look at his, I'm the same way. The the whole volume of work was good, but he never had. I don't think he had but one um, top twelve week. Everything Mm -hmm. was like he was, you know, 15, 18, 47, uh, 16, 15, 84. And then it, you know, culminated in a top overall score good enough, but it wasn't anything that like on a week in and week out was going to be a league winner or a week winner for you. And you know what's uh, interesting about him? When I, uh, when I usually, when I usually will in a draft, I would usually take Greenlaw because it's a cheaper alternative, like you just said, over Fred Warner. So it's just so exciting to finally see him come together with it. It really is. Bobby Wagner's a little bit lower, a little bit lower for me. In real life football, he kind of gets tired, kind of gets drug out. What do you expect out of a 40-year-old guy? But as <laughs> right. far as fantasy goes this year, 73 tackles tied for sixth, 28 assists, that's tied for eighth. So he's got sixth in solos, eighth in assists. Uh, doesn't do much anywhere else, but but I'll, I'll tell you, those tackles are really nice to have on your team, especially as an LB1, you know, lower till LB1, LB2. Um, so, you know, that's Bobby Wagner each week. Uh, not nothing to write home about, but he's always in people's top five, six, easy. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I got here in the, 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 the middle categories here, I got Logan Wilson, eight. Bobby O9, CJ Mosley 10, and Aziz Al Sherry, if I'm saying that right, at 11. Yep. Uh, let, let me just read just some of them stats because the, this is that category when I'm looking at linebackers. I kind of, I usually end up getting these guys around here and I kind of like having them on my teams because Logan Wilson, Logan Wilson is the only one on the Bengals that gets 100% snaps. I mean, Pratt's a sneaky one to own too. But mm-hmm. if you want to go a little bit deeper in your drafts or even your leagues, Logan Wilson checks my box. He's the only guy there doing that, like I said. Uh, he plays a lot of two LB sets a lot of times. Stats don't necessarily jump out at you when I show you them. But, again, last week he had nine tackles, one forced fumble. Week before he had five tackles, half a sack, another forced fumble. So he's sort of a jack of all trades. When you're, when you're this late in your rankings, what more do you want? Solo tackles 58, that's 19th. Assists 17th. Tied for 35th. Interceptions, third, tied for first. Force fumbles, he gets those two. One, tied for ninth. Uh, his overall grades aren't really that impressive. You know, run defense, 55.9. But who cares? Who needs it? You In fantasy, all we all we need is stats, you know? Yep. And um, same thing. Uh, now, now, this one I want to kind of explore a little bit. With Bobby O, 
this guy gets crapped on. I don't know if it's because he plays for the Giants. I don't know why, but on paper, he looks better than what people usually razz about him about. Bobby O, um, why do we hate this guy? His numbers indicate a good linebacker. He's top three in one, two, three scoring. Solo tackle 76, he's fifth. Okay. Assist 28, tight for eighth. Interceptions, he's got one of those. That's eighth, force fumbles, fourth. I wanted to look a little deeper, and I'm like, well, maybe he's not a real good player. No, run defense, 80.6. Pass coverage, 75.1. Uh, coverage, 58.5, and that's good enough. It's good enough for for uh, for a linebacker to be rolling like that. So I don't I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe you can help me. Out. I don't understand why people don't like Bobby. Yeah, I really don't have an answer for that because <laughs> going into the season, I love the uh... – I love the landing spot. I thought that was ideal. Uh, I was, I do like, I would like to see more Mike McFadden, but I understand that's just not in the cards necessarily. And so it, he's, I don't know if it's because people didn't really care too much when he was at Indy, if they thought that he was second fiddle and wasn't worth the investment and uh, wouldn't, you know, live up to the, mm to the pay but yeah i'm fine i have i have bobbio and pretty much top 12 top 15 uh, about week in and week out and and um, nothing's really changing this week i love the matchup too i mean new england i expect them to to be everything yes. in between the hash marks and and heavy dosage of uh of Ramondre still so we uh i would like to see new england be able to move the ball to keep new york defense you know on the field but that's, I don't know. I, I, I think we're in agreement with, with him for sure. So number 10 is CJ Mosley and maybe he's slowing down a bit, but uh, he did have a drop off game last week. Kind of hurt him in the stats, but solo tackle 71. He's seventh assist 34. That's second interceptions. One tied for eighth force fumbles uh, one. He's tied for ninth. Um, he's kind of like a Roquan Smith to me as, as, as such, he makes everyone around him better. That team mm -hmm. responds better when you have some of the over that linebacker core calling the plays, making it all work for them. So maybe that's why maybe he has siphoned off some of his stats to the other guys, the younger guys, but, but yeah, I mean, again, I'll put him, even though he's a little bit older, I'll put him in my top 10 any given week. And this is kind of a lower week for me against Miami, but but that's where I have him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Between the two of them, both CJ, you know, and CJ and Quincy, when I do the rankings and I look and, you know, there's always like, let me ask you a quick question. When you do your rankings, do hmm? you start just with last week's rankings? Do you start from scratch or do you use the composite uh, from the get go? Good question. What I, what I do is I use the the I, fantasy pros, whatever. So I kind of throw that out there, right? So yep. then I have I have it all out there. So I use their stuff, and then from there is when I actually go through all this and I kind of brutally painstakingly move around. So yeah. usually by like right now, I have my top fifteen because obviously we're recording the show, and then I will start putting my Thursday guys in there, and then the rest of it I kind of piece together as I go. Yep. But yeah, uh, that's what I use. I usually use their base, whatever their standard scoring, and then I go from there. Because if I'm starting from scratch every week, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I've done the same thing, and I've tried. And you know, it's funny is uh, two different weeks on the season that I've finished that I've had uh, the number one finish. One time mm -hmm. was starting from scratch, and the other time was starting oh. from 
um, ECR, com- the you know the regular rankings. So I have no rhyme or reason to what's successful because I've also been 18th and 15th and all do it. It's just you know it, the the more ballsy you get, I would say, the better likelihood you are of of not doing as well. And that happens when you don't use the consensus because you leave people off. You overlook right. somebody. It, it That's happens. what I'm worried about. So I usually happen. put like, oh, that third string Nickelback. Oh, I didn't know. He, you know, so that's why I kind of I kind of started from there. Exactly. Um, but the yeah. whole point of that was that when I start there, Quincy and Mosley were uh, very close to each other. They're basically, oh. you know, within four or five spots. And I don't want to have. Two, two linebackers on that spot necessarily against Miami, but the Jets just don't have anybody else outside of maybe Jordan Whitehead. And, you know, Quentin Williams is going to do his thing. But I find myself having a hard time separating those two like you did. And so then it was mm-hmm. a matter, do I want to put CJ or Quincy? And I'm going right. back and forth there. And, I'm, and I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm looking at the solo and I'm looking at the tackles for loss. And I'm thinking... Yes. That's where just maybe it might work out because they because Miami does do a lot of plays from behind the line of scrimmage, and that could lead to uh, to Quincy having a few extra tackles for loss. But I'm bouncing back and forth, man, with them. That's the key. What you just said, like, uh, let me relate it to defensive linemen, which I love. Right. You got a guy named Hubbard on the Bengals. He's tackle savvy. He'll get you tackles. Very rarely will he get you a sack. Then you have Trey Hendrickson who's a sack guy, he won't get you tackles. So in this format, Trey Hendrickson's probably a top 40 player, but on a sack heavy or like big, big three scoring, whatever it is, right, he'll be a top mm-hmm. 10 player. So that's what you got to kind of look at. Like Mosley kind of think of him as king of the hill, the tackle guy, whatever. Then you see Quincy Williams, he's pulling all the extra stats, you know. But but here here on my you – know, you'll see a lot of guys on my list. They're getting – I'll tell you, 90 to 100% snaps is, my, is kind of my, my baseline. You won't mm-hmm. see, with the exception of uh, uh, Jordan Brooks, because he's a he-man. You won't really see too many guys outside of that. But I'm looking for tackles. And same thing with the next guy on the list, uh, Aziz. He kind of goes unnoticed. Maybe it's the name or the market he's in. He's got 62 on the year. That's tied for that's 14th. Yeah. Assists, he's got 26 tied for 11th. He doesn't do much other than that. But that's all you damn need with him. Uh, same thing with Urs Jones on this list. He's another one. Solo tackle, he's a solo tackle magician. 61, he's tied for 15th. You know, what makes him so unique is he can do both. He's got the assist too, 24, that's tied for 14th. So here you have a player who's 15th in solos, 14th in assists. His only problem is he's been hurt. He hasn't been able to get on the field. But, uh, you know, if you look at his snap share when he's healthy, that's a huge, huge indicator. Great, great player, uh, huge indicator. So, so, and we're getting these guys late. And then, of course, we talked Quincy Williams. We talked Quincy Williams at fourteen. Um, but yeah, that was a good question. How do you know between ten and fourteen? That's kind of how I justify it. Uh, I kind of think they're going to need somebody over the field. I think it's going to be Mosley, Quincy. But you can really flip flop those guys week to week. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, I'm like you, and you've alluded to this next thing, and I'm so excited to show you this. I'm so excited to show you this. I'm like you. I kind of want to take shots. So one of my little tricks that I do in my rankings, week to week, I kind of pull Roquan Smith a little lower than everybody else, maybe one or two. 
and I bring up Patrick Queen, maybe one or two more. So if he's a top 20, maybe I'll put him 14. If Roquan's two, I'll maybe put him five. And here's why. Can you see my screen? Yep. Okay, if you look at my screen week to week, and, uh, you know, we're not mathematicians here, but both of these guys are pretty comparable, right? 100% each week. Let's go back the last three games. Roquan Smith, 92, 100%, 100%. Patrick Queen, number 15 on my list, 98, 100, 100. Okay, let's go to tackles. Roquan Smith, a top player every week, right? Five tackles, 21, 10. Now, 21 is pretty darn good, but, you know, okay, 5, 21, 10. Let's go to the other guy, 6, 10, and 11. So I've been keeping an eye on that, and a lot of people, this is the secret recipe right here, the secret stuff. A lot of people aren't really paying attention to that too much, but Queen is right on him. He's right on him, um, so close each week that if you were to go to, yeah, let's do that. Let's go to Fantasy Pros, okay? Um, let me know when you can see this on my screen, Nate. Um, mm-hmm. up, go ahead and pull up Fantasy Pros, okay? All right. Can you see the comparison? I'm going to put both of these guys together, Smith and Queen. Okay? Yep. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. According to – okay, good. According to Fantasy Pros, okay, they got these guys closer than I thought. Roquan Smith's LB10. Patrick Queen's LB11. Okay, coincidence, points per game. Smith's LB16. Queen's LB21. Let's look at tackles. 65 in a year for Smith. 62 in a year for Queen. Assist, this is where Smith makes his money, 53 to his 33. Sacks goes in favor of Queen, right? This is number 15 on the list because why? Everyone's paying attention to Smith. And that's what you can kind of exploit it, especially later down my my list. Uh, If you know what you're looking for, if you know how to identify talent, um, and really quick for the audience – uh, the way I rank these is number one, Olakun, two, Franklin, three, TJ Edwards, four, Smith, five, Bernard, six, Warner, seven, Bobby Wagner, uh, eight, Logan Wilson, nine, Bobby O, 10, CJ Mosley, 11, Aziz, 12, Frankie Lubu, 13, Ernest Jones, 14, Quincy Williams, 15, Patrick Queen. And I got a lot of guys on the bubble. And I'm going to scroll through for the paid subscribers or the people at home that want to look through my, my rankings. But I got 16 Cashman, 17 Tranquil, 18 Quay Walker, 19 Singleton, 20 Gray, uh, Dre Greenlaw. I have no idea what's happened to Levante David this week. But, yeah, so you can really hit big the the, the later tier of this list. Um, mm-hmm. Nate, any comments on linebackers? Any, any closing thoughts on these guys? No, I, you know, I – the only one person I have higher than maybe on the maybe this can change too is, is the person I haven't been the biggest fan of, and that's over the years has been Kenneth Murray. But that Baltimore matchup is just juicy for linebackers, and he's you know he's playing a heavy enough snap load, and it just I'd like that matchup specifically when there is a person who I'm moving up higher um, than than most has been Murray, and it's, it doesn't make me feel good about it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I mean, consistently between eight and nine tackles for the last seven weeks. So mm-hmm. he just he, he's there tackle heavy wise, um, not much outside of that. But that's where the Baltimore, you know, volume will uh, will help offset that. So gotcha. 
We'll move on to DL ranking. I can tell you like your DL rankings too, huh? I do. I do. Yeah. Is that your favorite position? Yeah. It is. It is. Um, I tell you what, I may have to uh, kind of jump through these a little quick. Unfortunately, I hate to ever. Okay. I don't want to speed you through anything. Oh, that's fine. Um, what I did is this was fun last week. We kind of did. We kind of did a chart of all the of all the the sack, you know, uh, prevalent teams. And, you know, you know, the ones that jump out, you know, the commanders jets, mm-hmm. all of those guys jump out. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good snapshot, but what I wanted to add, and I did this last week, this is kind of a juicy matchup. These are the top 10 matchups for, for the defensive end. Um, you got Atlanta Falcons. They're number one and they got Granderson. I think that's sweet. The Jets mm-hmm. are pretty bad at two. They got Jalen Phillips. Yep. Five, you got the Commanders with Parson. Six, the Bears with Hunter. Um, what else we got? Jaguars, Tennessee, eight with Brian Burns. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet this week. Anything else jump out to you on that? No, no, you hit exactly right. That's why I have so many of the uh the names you touched on all at the top of my my of my list. What what I wanted to be mindful too of, Nate, is um, you know, I get a lot of I look at a lot of hits. Uh, if you look at the guys who quarterbacks that take a lot of hits, it's the same kind of names. You, the Jets are still on there. The Titans are still on there, right? Some of the mm-hmm. batter uh, offenses, but the Vikings are up there, and so are the Chiefs. And I guess their quarterbacks are like magicians. They just kind of sort of get out of it a little bit. So when I'm doing my rankings, I'm mindful of those teams. I'm mindful of those teams that take a lot of hits, and I'm also mindful of teams that give up a lot of pressures. And what's exciting about that is – same teams that are bad give up pressures, obviously. Chiefs, Commanders, Jets, uh, Panthers, Browns, you know, whatever. But there's a couple on here that you wouldn't know because the stats kind of lie to us. The Chiefs, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Seahawks. What do we know about those quarterbacks? They run around and maybe they hold it a little too long. So any given week when they got a stud, in the last two weeks I've been red hot. I predicted when Aiden Hutchinson went off and when Nick Bosa went off. I was using, I was using this metrics right here. That's what I was yeah, using to kind of predict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I use the same thing. I look at, you know, my defensive line, my matchups first, then uh, just overall, you know, just just the normal metrics, the pressure rates that are kind of hidden that not everybody sees. You know, like I have Jalen Phillips four, and there's many people that they're probably considering someone quite a bit lower. Uh, to be his equal and the matchup against the jets is juicy. Um, here I'll can read you mine real quick. If you want to, I might, yeah. my rankings are miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, uh-huh. Danelle mm-hmm. Hunter, Jalen Phillips, mm-hmm. TJ Watt, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Brian Burns, Josh Allen, Alex Highsmith. And then at 12, the one that I'm bouncing up and down kind of is how high do I want to put DeForest Buckner? Love the matchup against yeah, right. interior. It's weak. And I think that just, you know, screams exploit. And he's had prior, you know, he'd had, what, a sack in four of the last, or three of the last four games or four of the last five games. So he's consistently doing what we had expected out of him. But defensive tackles are always tricky to rank because you don't always get the yeah. tackle, but he does. You know, that's where DeForest Buckner has been valuable for defensive tackle leagues. And even as a DE is that he, he has weeks like last week against New England where he put up eight tackles. Um, unfortunately he has other games where he has two tackles, but a little sack dependent at times 
I'm interested to see if yours, like just by first glance, I -hmm. see 10 out of 12 the same. Not shocked. Yeah, I was trying to compare when you're you're reading them fast. Uh, I have Parsons, Garrett, Watt. That's my top three. And you know the stats, the matchups are there. Parsons got the Commanders. Garrett's got the Broncos. They hold the ball. Watt's got the Bengals. That's kind of exciting to me. Uh, where'd you have? Uh, I know you had Hunter at three or four. Where'd you have Crosby? I have Crosby at eight, only because as much as I love Crosby, contrary to uh, maybe this past week, the the Chiefs don't really give up too much in the way of points to uh, um, to opposing ends. Now I know Max Crosby's a, a different beast altogether, but right. if I'm making a separation between a couple spots. That's usually where I have uh, the difference is just looking at the quarterback and shiftiness and everything else. And he historically has been a nuisance. There's no doubt about that. That is for sure. Um, but I just, you know, I, I trust the offensive line. They really do try to do their best. But, man, you want to talk about a defensive end that's beneficial, one that plays 100% of snaps every single week. That's, you know, that's unheard of. Yeah, Parsons, Garrett, Watt, three. That's that's your holy trinity to me. And then Crosby, Hunter, trailing behind. Um, I got six. I got Jalen Phillips. That's probably the one that pops out the most to people. Um, I'm going to explain why. Jalen Phillips, when he's on the field, that team's a lot better. He got on the field and he broke out. He had six tackles, two sacks, interception. When Jalen Phillips is healthy, he's amazing. Um, His numbers aren't really that impressive, 30 tackles. It's still, you know, hey, whatever, assists, eight. But when he plays, he plays, and he's a factor, okay? As a player, if you watch tape, he's an athlete, and he fits the scheme. For example, just watch the way he gets off blocks and he runs. I mean, he's very, very impressive as a as a, as a a player. Um, now, here's where I want to kind of sink my teeth into, and I tweeted this uh, a while back, uh, probably yesterday, I think it was. He's got matchups the next three weeks against the Jets, Washington, Tennessee, what more do you need? Um, he's gonna he's gonna pick up the pace in the next couple weeks. Just give him time. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's he's the beast. He's gonna be winning some people some leagues or getting them into the playoffs at least. I think at this point in the season, everybody knows who Nick Bosa is. I mean, he's the guy that has the most hits on the quarterback. I've kind of went in detail with that. And Hutchinson right behind him, he has the most pressures. He yeah. has the most. The most going on. So those are my seven and eight. I don't think anybody else sees it any other way. Um, Hutchinson's always fun to me to watch. Uh, you're not waiting on tackles with him. You're waiting to see if he gets a sack. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. If you pull the pressure, hurries on him every week. Uh, it's impressive. He had 11, six tackles, a sack, and a safety last week and a fumble recovery. Uh, no NFL edge rusher last year faced more double teams. This year, they're kind of letting go at it. Um, he's a younger player. You could kind of expect ups and down weeks. Uh, he leads the league with 35 pressures. He's a top 10 PFF grade with 90.2. Uh, sacks is really the only one I care about. It's five. It's 36. But any given week, he can go after it. I think a top seven play any given week for a guy with high upside is a good, good move. Um, yeah. Number nine is your guy. You're one of the few guys that knew about Mafe. Um, any thoughts on, on, on Boye? I love Boye. I don't like this week as much. Trent Williams is is, is a nasty matchup. I, you know, 
I'm going to have a hard time not playing him if I have him just because anytime you can have, you know, seven game consecutive sack streak or whatever it was uh, that speaks volumes. But Trent Williams hasn't a lot of sack yet. He's allowed what 13 pressures on the season. So he's, mm-hmm. he's a monster. He's a matchup that I just avoid. And I took Mafia. He's still a defensive lineman too for me, but yeah, he's been, he's been incredible. Let, let me ask you, how do you feel about Burns this week? Because the thing about Burns, I know he was hurt, and it was amazing. If you watched last week, people were pulling him in and out of their lineups. Uh, what, what do you expect there? I expect him to do what every other edge rusher against Tennessee's done is exploit that <laughs> yeah. and, and get to, you know, get to Levis. And I and I think that's not going to stop. Will he have multiple sacks? I can't say that, but he's. Mm-hmm. I I have him. I have him at nine. Which is right where you know, right where you have him as well. I think probably. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure because you know he, he had one down week. You can't fault him for that. I mean, he's been sack, sack, sack master. And of mm-hmm. course, you know about the win pass rates. Um, yep. so when I get down the list, I'm, I'm kind of punting. Like you said, this is a rankings thing. We're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out. You know, who's going to have the solid weeks or not? Um, Hassan Riddick's my next man up. The interesting thing about Reddick is he does nothing for you in the tackle line at all. No, he's just potential sacks. He's like a Volkswagen. He, you know, he's a ride to work. You're hoping he gets, you're hoping he gets you to work. He's not a Ferrari. You're hoping you don't run out of gas when you get him to work. Okay, he's got the bills this week, so maybe, maybe, maybe that works. I don't know. If you're starting to DL this late, you can do worse. Um, yeah. Again, tackles 11, 68th, nothing. Sacks, okay, ninth. It's tied for 11th. But that's what I think of when I think of Reddick. You. Yeah, the same. And that those nine sacks are also over the course of like the last five, six weeks because he was he didn't have a tackle through the first, I think, five games. He didn't have a single stat through the first like four or five games. He was there was people talking about dropping him. And so, you know, now we see what he is. But I'm right there with you. He he's caught it, he catched his stride now. So my 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 final guys, I want to go a little, I want to take a little time because usually by the time we get to this part of the list, people are like, whatever. Um, you know, I got Number number 12, I got Highsmith. Number 14, Josh Allen. Number 15, Thibodeau. And there's a reason I got him in here, and I just want to show you. For the audience at home that can't really see what I'm doing, I'm just pulling up some basic slot positioning. Um, with Alex Highsmith, um, we know he's a streaky player. We know he is, and we know we're putting deep. But, you know, um, with Alex Highsmith, one thing about him is we know where he's going to line up every week. Okay, uh, he's got 70% win rate, which is outside top 20. His stats are spotty, but still there's value in playing him. Okay, he's got five sacks, two forced fumbles. If you look at the metrics, go a little deeper. He's a 14th edge rusher. He's graded 81. But, but this is the key I want to, if you, can you see my screen? Mm-hmm. He plays almost every single snap at the right offensive linebacker, which means he's going to get the left tackle in premier pass rushing. So he usually gets the better matchup. Because, you know, we all watch the movie The Blind Side. We all know the left tackle protects the right-handed quarterback, right? So he usually mm-hmm. gets the harder matchup each week while, while his buddy T.J. Watt eats. But this week, this week, I was looking at that. This week, he kind of gets the Bengals, and there's kind of a little bit of soft spot on that left side. Left guard, left, left tackle. So Highsmith may, may actually be the one that benefits, unless they move him around a little bit, but statistically they don't. Yeah, I think that – and then with Browning, he might hold on to the ball too long. I think both him and Watt probably will will see a uh, sack in the game. 
Josh Allen, same vein. We all know Josh Allen. We all know how great he is, right? Mm-hmm. I pulled his numbers too. They do move him around between the Leo and the left linebacker. He does move around. He does. But if you look at the Texans that don't give up a lot of sacks, but they give up, they give up pressures. They give him up. And look at that left guard over there, Howard, 47.6. If he gets that spot, which they may be scheming to do, he can eat. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Thibodeau, we all know him. He's a very streaky player. We do. He's getting the Patriots. And, oh, my goodness, I had to pull the PFF on the Patriots. They don't have very many players in the green to begin with, okay? Their left tackle, he's pretty good. His left guard is uh, 60.5. The center barely gets green at 72.6. The guards are horrible, 61.6. And that right tackle suspect. So if he gets the right matchup, if he gets the right matchup, Thibodeau's going to go off as well. So just keep an eye on those players. Uh, those are my those are my top guys. Those are my top punts. Um, not nothing to write home about, but less superior players. Yeah, no, I think we're in pretty much uh, uh, step for step with a lot of these same guys. It's um, it's a good sign when you're number two. So I'm going <laughs> to stick with with that. Eleven tackle, I'm um, eleven sacks. He's tied for fifth. So, um, absolutely. But yeah. Okay. So for the audience at, you know, subscribes or is watching us, what I want to do is I just want to show them my, my rankings on the thing one last time. And then what we'll do is we will move on to our final category, which is, which is defensive back. Um, Nate, any closing thoughts on defensive linemen? No, like I said, the only one that really, if I was going to, Push back mm-hmm. just as matchup as Boye Mafe. And and I don't think that that's ir- ridiculous to have him where you have him because it's based on its merit. But the matchup, I just, if I can avoid, if I can do so, if I have a pivot, I would be happy to do that. And then yeah. um, I have a question from as far as defensive backs. Uh, uh-huh. I don't want to limit the uh, listeners or the viewers. I also didn't know that I have uh, some family that has constantly been a, uh, blowing up my phone saying the uh, kids are going to go to sleep. Would you mind if oh, we no, kind no. of uh, go through the defensive backs and I am going to apologize and say that I owe you another visit where we have unlimited time and I will 100% share so much more. If you would give me the honor of coming back at another time to make up for this. Of course. Anytime we get more Nate, that's a good deal right there. We can shake on that. My friend. Hey, Nate, tell the audience where to find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Nate Markham, N-A-T-E-M-A-R-C-U-M, uh, fantasyandframes.com. Um, and that's pretty much where you'll find 99% of me. I'd give people my cell phone number if they needed my information for anything. I'm I'm pretty approachable. Excellent. And, yeah, we'll see you next time for sure. Um, I'll tell you what, audience, you, Nate's not going to miss much with defensive backs, let me tell you. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Um just just, just follow Nate any chance you get, and, and please watch his show as well. I'll tell you, here's two little people that I have higher than um, I thought I would. I have Brian Branch as a uh, top 12 defensive back this week against the Green Bay mm-hmm. Packers. Love the matchup. Jaden Reed, et cetera. Uh, slot corners have feasted against Green Bay. Brian Branch is in a great spot. Love that situation, especially if uh, – if Green Bay and Jordan Love can move the ball like they have been, he's pretty far down. I think I'm, I don't know if I'll be the highest on him or not. We'll see. But 
another one too, like you probably have down there. We saw Marquise Bell with Dallas, who has defensive mm-hmm. back eligibility on fantasy pros, gain that uh, snap volume again that we were coveting. But yeah, I I would like to uh, to continue this conversation with you, Steve, because I got to tell you, oh. you're doing fantastic work. I know you're quote unquote new to the space, but um, I wouldn't know it. I would think you've been doing this forever, and I know you have been playing forever, but I appreciate you having me on immensely. I tell you, like I said, it's guys like you, it's a smart audience people. Y'all keep giving me good comments and good feedback. I'll keep producing more content. But, yeah, we'll see you next time, Nate, and thanks for coming on, and especially during this busy of a holiday season. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And, you know, and, again, thank you, everybody out there. I can't wait to uh, chat with everybody whenever I'm wrong on some of my rankings, right? Excellent. (laughs) All right, you guys. Take care. Thanks again, Steve. You too. See you later. Thank you. See you, buddy. Uh, closing out the show here, moving on to our, our final category, category, defensive backs. And Nate is correct. The way I have it listed was Derwin James, uh, number one, playing the Ravens. Uh, Cameron Curl, number two, playing the Cowboys. Uh, Cal Hamilton, three, playing the Chargers. That's going to be a good one, playmaker there. Uh, number four, Antoine Winfield, playing the Colts. Number five, Mika Fitzpatrick, playing the Bengals. Number six, Cameron Bynum, playing the Bears. And Kevin Byer playing the Bills. Um, there isn't really much. Either one of those guys is tier one to me as far as the defensive back goes. Um, Matchup-wise, they're all pretty much relative. Um, I was thinking about this tier two category is what I really wanted to talk about, which is Xavier McKinney, eighth. Reed Blankenship, ninth. Buda Baker, tenth. Nate Hobbs, eleventh. Dax Hill, 12th, Grant Delpit, 13th, Julian Blackman, 14th, Kenny Moore, 15th. You see, I got a couple cornerbacks in here this week, which I'm kind of excited about. And on my bubbles, Jesse Bates, always, Duggar. You guys heard me talk about them, Ford, and Brisket. Uh, Brisker, sorry. Uh, Deron Bland at 20. So, you know, with, with any one of these guys, anyone can go off. You know how I feel. You know how I feel about you know how I feel about these defensive backs. It's any given Sunday with a lot of these guys. Uh, in fact, from our mailbag, Mitch was talking about uh, Duggar. Uh, Duggar didn't go off like we expected him to, so that's why I got him down 16. That's his punishment this week, right? Um, I guess when you got a lot of other things going on, and there's other ways to exploit a team that these players don't necessarily get the love and they don't get the, the targeting like, like we're going to expect. And that comes and goes with defensive backs. That's why it's a volatile position, right? So thanks for that comment, Mitch. I appreciate that. It's a volatile position. What more are we going to do? Um, but we do the best we can to guess and try to try to factor that in. I, I will give you my metrics as always. I'm not going to play a defensive back. They don't get 90 plus snaps or better. Unless it's a deep league, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take the gamble. Uh, I'm looking for guys that are more so in man coverage instead of zone coverage. Because if they're in zone coverage, anything goes to assisted tackles, what have you. I want the guy that's going to be in man. He's going to make the solo tackle. I want the clean play like a Kyle Hamilton. Okay. I don't really concern myself. I don't concern myself with uh, assisted tackles. Okay. If the guy has assist tackles, whoop de doo. Was he was he a nickel corner and he just came in at the end of the game? I don't know. Um, but that's what I look for. I look for those kind of plays. Um, 
I will tell you this: if if we're talking dynasty, which we will in the off season once this show goes off, uh, I'll be getting another show uh, for the dynasty. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about age cliffs and dynasty players, and that's one of the things I look for. One of the things I look for is the age. I will tell you with a defensive back, if you get one on your roster, you are safe. You are safe for quite a while with defensive backs because they don't age out. They're usually they're usually really good in their careers and they continue to be really good, or they're just they're just busts. So so that's something you can do and be mindful of when you're drafting. But we'll get into that at another time. We will. Um, the audience, I just wanted to present something to you guys before we close out. If there's anyone out there that thinks they have better rankings than me, by all means, come on the show. If there's anyone out there that just wants to have a conversation or maybe tell me about their unique leagues, by all means, reach out to me. Come on the show. Uh, subscribe. Be part of the IDP Guys Network. We're doing a promo code right now that uh, if you use the promo code IDP Hunter 10 it's a new promotional update. Your subscriptions are 30% off. We have a great Discord. We have people in the chat like myself. Um, I'm making more of a habit to be be regular in there. Of course, you know you can find me on Twitter as well. But uh, we have a great start sit show. Uh, a lot of good people in this company. Um, I told I told uh, Dynasty Santa earlier. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. We're gonna make this thing run. We're gonna get better as an audience. And the last and most important thing: continue to send me smart questions. You send me smart questions that make myself better or my host better or my co-host better or just as an overall audience better. I'll plug them. I'll put them on here by all means. Um, We're only as we're only as good as the community that we create. Okay. Um, but this, this pretty much covers everything I had to say this week. This pretty much covers it. Remember the promo it's IDP hunters, 10, 30% off. Um, this pretty much covers everything I have to say this week. Uh, I look forward, we'll end the show a little bit earlier than we normally do. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys next week. We're going to have the IDP tipster on next week. So that should be an exciting show in itself. Um, If you guys don't have anything else for me, we're going to leave early. Um, Thanks and take care and we'll see you next time.